Welcome back to What Do You Know For Sure podcast with me, Anne Hughes. Another transatlantic conversation in this one with Tammy Price. And it's a conversation about abandonment and rejection. Wow, two such big topics to squeeze into such a short time. But this is such a fascinating conversation that had real, I suppose, wow moments for me. Just listen to Tammy express about it and then really reflecting on the abandonment and rejection issues that exist within my own life. I'm so sure that this one will have you asking yourself a lot of questions as well. And I have put a link to Tammy's website in the commentary as well. So please enjoy and probably listen again because I think it's one that that needs a couple of listens for it to all sink in. Tammy, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me, and I'm excited to be here. Yeah, tell us a wee bit about you. Oh, goodness. So I live in Canada. I live in um, just outside Toronto, but I'm currently actually in a little town called Fairhope, Alabama. I tell people that it's fair and it's hopeful. Yeah. And um, and so I, I move back and forth between the two areas. I am a leading expert on abandonment and rejection and how it is the sponsoring motivation for how we move in this world. I'm a certified medical intuitive and a mindfulness coach, and I, I love what I do. Mm-hmm. I love what I do. I love meeting people. I'm a critical thinker. I'm, I think uh, you had mentioned to me once that you're, a, I hope I'm allowed to say this, nosy bastard. I'm also <laughs> a nosy bastard. <laughs> and it's, it's how, why we're here, Tammy, to be fair. It's why I've always got a question ready. That's awesome. We'll get along quite well today then, I think, Anne. (laughs) Uh Uh So I can't wait to hear, Tammy, knowing all that. Tell me, what do you know for sure? I know this for sure. Most of us have heard probably um, on some level about Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey. Yeah. And how we're all on this path of, and, you know, I liken it to like the yellow brick road, right? Mm -hmm. The Wizard of Oz. You know, uh, Dorothy's living in her place in Kansas, uh, tornado comes, uproots her, deposits her on the yellow brick road. And the yellow brick road is like a metaphor for life. And, and on this yellow brick road, she comes up against the wicked witch of the East and the wicked witch of the West and the, the, the cowardly lion and the, and the tin man and, and what have you. And the whole time she's on this yellow brick road, she's, she's looking for the wizard at the end of it to take her home to herself. Yeah. And then she gets to the end of the yellow brick road and pulls back the curtain. And then it's this, and it's, um, it's not a wizard. It's a little old man. Yeah. And then she realizes she has the power within to go home to herself the whole time. So we've all heard about that hero's journey, sort of uh, the archetype of the hero's journey. What I know for sure is that before we even step foot on the hero's journey, there already is an energy of something coursing through our bloodstream that sets the tone for what happens or what we attract into our lives while we're on that yellow brick road of life. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And tell me, explain a wee bit more about how that's shown up in your life then, I suppose, Tammy, would be a good way to understand that. That's a great question. So I'm a breast cancer survivor. In 2015, I was diagnosed with multifocal premenopausal breast cancer, which means I had more than one tumor in my right breast Mm -hmm. and multiple tumors. I had three tumors. 
the day I was diagnosed was the day I started school for medical intuition in New York City. So I was diagnosed in the morning and then flew out that afternoon. Two days later on my birthday, my mom was diagnosed with terminal lung cancer. And then just a few short months after that, my dad was diagnosed with an aggressive form of bladder cancer. And so the three of us were being treated by the same oncologist at the same time in the same hospital. Oh my goodness. Fascinating, right? Uh The same oncologist who had also treated my sister, my older sister for breast cancer some five years earlier. And so here I am in, in school and here's where the nosy bastard part comes in <laughs> because you know we all, we all have symptoms in our physical body and we all go to the doctors or the, the primary care physicians in order to be treated so that those symptoms go away. But we never really try to understand what's at the root cause of the disease or dysfunction that's happening in the body. And so here I was in this unique situation where I was being trained in medical intuition, which is to look at the root cause of disease and dysfunction in the body mm-hmm. and being diagnosed with a life-threatening illness at the same time, along with my, my parents. And so through that experience, what I was able to do was have some really authentic, deep conversations with both of my parents and try to understand my own root cause of disease and dysfunction. And, and, it, and I remember one day I was in the hospital. I just had a radiation treatment. It was seven o'clock in the morning. And I went upstairs to visit my mom who was, you know, they had given her, I think, two weeks at that point to survive. And I sat on the edge of her bed and she was extremely emotional. Like reality had hit home. She had come to the understanding that she was going to be passing and the hospice people had been in to see her that morning. And she turned to me and she said to me, Tammy, I don't, I'm not ready to leave you. I'm not ready to leave you guys. I have, I have three siblings. And so when she said that, I got an, an, a message that came from above, came from somewhere and something that I heard. And it was that she doesn't, it wasn't that she didn't want to leave us, but that she didn't want to leave. And so I expressed this message that I received to her and it opened up a conversation that led to me understanding the deeper sponsoring motivation for my mom's life. You know, she was put into an orphanage for a period of time when her mother and father weren't able to take care of her and her siblings. And you know, when you put into an orphanage as a child, you don't know what's going to happen, whether your parents yeah. going to come back, how long you're going to be in there, whether you're going to be separated from your, from your siblings. I didn't realize back then that often orphanages were used as babysitting services mm-hmm. when parents became overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom got married at 17 and got pregnant with my sister. And when, when her husband held my sister for the first time, he said that he didn't want this life and, and gave my, my sister back to my mom and, and, And so, and then my mom meets my dad and and she gets pregnant and they break up. And so my mom doesn't tell him that I even exist until I'm a few months after I'm born. So I started to witness this pattern um, in my mom's, my mom's life that was specifically related to abandonment and rejection. And, and, and what I came to realize is that we are trained to abandon and reject. We're trained to call experiences of abandonment and rejection into our lives And it's all we know. So it becomes very comfortable for us. Mm. And so we, we take action to support or fuel the abandonment and rejection because it is comfortable, even though it's painful. Right. And so that's a bit about my, a bit about my story. That's looking at my mom's situation and the experience and how that unfolded for me in my mom's sharing of her experience. What I was able to do is look at my own life. Yeah. And the actions that I took and how I supported my own training ground of abandonment and rejection. And then I followed my, my 
family history back all the way to the Mary Queen of Scots, mm-hmm. <laughs> who is in my is in my lineage. And and then I started to deconstruct biographies and you know things that are playing out on the world stage. I wrote an article the other day about being royally abandoned, mm-hmm. right? Royally yeah. abandoned because all of us right now are witnessing on this global stage members of the family of the royal family operating from this place of abandonment and rejection and fueling that fire and using mm. you and I and the and the global audience as a way to to validate their feelings of abandonment and rejection yeah. and so a lot of the research that I do is around uh, now is around abandonment and rejection i've I've uh, researched hundreds of mass shooters and their lineages. And what they do before they go into um, public places with a a firearm and shoot up innocent people, and what's the trigger, right? And and what are they what are they looking to fuel? And and it almost always comes back to abandonment and rejection. And so that's what I'm passionate about. It's my super power. <laughs> wow. And so I suppose I'm thinking about all my own issues with abandonment and rejection as we speak, obviously. But I suppose. Where's the way round that? If I can identify, you know, my mum died many years ago, over 30 years ago, and I think that I did have real abandonment issues about that, even though she was a great mum and she died of a terrible illness, it was no choice. But that real feeling of abandonment and rejection and then how how wider family reacted to that was very, very challenging as well because they also abandoned and rejected me as a child after that. I mean, where is the path so that I don't let, so that one, anyone listening who's contemplating their own issues, how do you overcome that so that it doesn't have a trickle-down effect in everything you touch? Okay, that's that's a great question, and I'm sorry that you experienced that with your mom. And I think, you know, when death when we experience death in families, mm-hmm. it's a it's a very big abandonment and rejection trigger. Yeah. It's not usually where it starts, though, right? You know, we can trace abandonment and rejection right back to the beginning of time for each of us, right? Because we may not always have a practical experience that we can put our finger on that says this is where the abandonment and rejection started for me. But we all have an energetic experience because we've not been trained to attune. You know, when we were children and our moms were busy cooking dinner at the ki- at the kitchen counter and our and we're tugging on her sweater and saying, mom, I need to show you something. And she's like, not right now. I need to cook dinner. And, and then we'll, you know, and then it gets forgotten about. Or when your facial expression changed or when your energy shifted, our parents weren't taught to come down to our level and say, hey, I noticed something different about you. Did anything change? Right. So this is, I just want to be clear around where it, where it starts, because it's not always a practical experience. It's not always a big gigantic moment. It could happen in a very insignificant way almost. So Mm. I'm, I'm always careful around that because for people listening, they might go, well, I didn't have any experiences around abandonment or rejection, but we all have, Mm -hmm. whether they've been practical or energetic. right? Right. So, so there's that. So how do we get around it? So if we were, if we keep, if we keep in mind that abandonment, rejection is a training ground. So it sets the tone for how we move on the hero's journey. So if we keep in mind that it's a training ground, we can shift our training grounds through intentional action. So one of the things that I do with every action that I take in my life is I ask myself, if I was operating from a place of being a hundred percent whole, would I still do this or would I do this differently? Right. And so 
And this was a question that came out of a conversation that I had with one of my spiritual coaches, um, Heather Platt, because she was the one who kind of said to me, you know, and for me, it's if I was operating from a place of being um, of not being abandoned and rejected, would I do this differently? Right. Would I do this or do this differently? And so think about it this way. Um, if you were operating from a place of being a hundred percent whole, would you eat that carton of ice cream? Mm. If the answer is no, then you'll take different action, right? If I was operating from a place of being a hundred percent whole, would I blame my partner for how I feel? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Right. And so that becomes the question that I frame in every action that I take from picking up the cup of coffee in the morning to um, uh, to picking up the phone and having a conversation with a friend. If I'm feeling abandoned and rejected. Right. Mm -hmm. Say you haven't, you know, say one of your friends missed your birthday and you're like, why didn't they call me? And then you call them and go, I'm really upset. And if I was feeling 100 percent whole, I'm not going to blame anybody else for how I feel. Right. I feel as if that is just like one of the most momentous things somebody has said to me in such a long time, Tammy. I'm really a bit like, wow. And I'm very, I would say, I always speak about intention. It's a theme that runs through all of the podcasts, all of the radio shows, a lot of my writing, a lot of the work that I do and professionally as well. But I've never thought about it in those terms. Mm -hmm. there's another way like so that's a very simple tool and I think it's important to impart that onto your you know part that to your listeners because abandonment and rejection is deep work right it's it's deep work and so there's a lot of layers to it you know one of the other things that I do is really I want to I want to educate folks around where abandonment and rejection comes from because it's a mind-based functioning Mm-hmm. behavior right mm-hmm. it's taking experiences that happen in our external facing world and processing them through a lens that then sets the tone for how we move right yeah. and so for me it's i recognize that when abandonment and rejection is interpreted through the mind-based functioning which is where we're going to get a little technical here that i'm i've got other parts of me that need to be activated so that the mind isn't controlling my motivation or my, my actions. And so I use temperature, like I do cryotherapy or, um, hot and cold therapy. Like I'll grab an ice cube from the, from the refrigerator when I feel abandonment and rejection. And I just, it's just bringing myself back into my body, right? It's just taking Mm. a moment to bring my attunement to my body and go. And once I do that, then that rejection melts away, like it melts away. And so again, like, you talk about intentionality, it's every action that I take in my life is set around the intention of not operating from that place of abandonment and rejection, which was my training ground and which I lived out for more than 40 years, right? Mm -hmm. It's choosing to live differently. And and in doing so, my world is opened up. Yeah. And so see with all all of this that you've learned that you're telling us today and you're talking about how you now live, does that make you and I'm trusting that you are now free of the breast cancer, yeah? Free, yeah. Uh-huh. And so quick story there, like I chose, so, and I'm not recommending this for anybody, but this was my personal choice. I was in school for medical intuition, which was to understand the root cause of disease and dysfunction. And so I, and my mom was dying. And so I wanted to take the least path, like the least amount of treatment so that I could be there for my mom and also do the inner work so that I could understand what was happening. And, um, so I am six years cancer-free. I did radiation. 
Um, and I imagined that it was pure love entering into my body. Yeah. I was supposed to do chemo. I chose not to. That was my personal choice because yeah. of the place I was in. And again, I wouldn't recommend that for anybody. And my mom, when I do, I went up to her hospital bed and they'd given her two weeks. When we opened up that conversation around abandonment and rejection, she went home, she got off of oxygen and she lived for another uh, 12 months following that. Wow. Wow. And so as you walk forward in life, you know, we, before the podcast, we were talking about the crazy pandemic. You're in the U.S. just now. It does seem a bit more open, but we're almost like in this powder keg. Do you feel confident that you've got whatever life puts in front of you now, Tammy? I mean, there are definitely times where I still have challenges. There's no question. Mm-hmm. Abandonment and rejection is a big part of my life. And so I am triggered in many ways around the abandonment and rejection. So I don't have it all together, but here's the difference. When abandonment and rejection rises up inside of me, I no longer go, oh shit, here we go again. Mm-hmm. I no longer go, oh my God, right? What I'm doing is going, oh, here we go. Here it mm-hmm. is rising up inside of me. Can I be open and curious in the presence of my abandonment and rejection and look for the opportunity to develop a new tool, learn something new about myself, right? Yeah. And, and it, so it's, it becomes exciting to me. Uh-huh. This idea that, you know, I see, I see so many social media posts and I do, I do uh, debunking a lot, but I see so many social media posts that go stay away from toxic people, uh-huh. you know, and I'm like, what? There are no toxic people. They're only people, yeah. you know, my response to, to their um, behaviors is, is my own. I own that. Right. And yeah. so uh-huh. I, if somebody triggers some me specifically the abandonment and rejection it's an opportunity to be excited about life it's an opportunity to go deeper and you know i think that's what we were all meant to be here for to be quite honest yeah um we just haven't all figured that out and and i i don't have it always figured out but i'm i feel like i'm doing a way better job today than i've ever done in Mm. dealing with that so thank you so much for joining me on the podcast tammy my goodness thank you so much for giving me the space to talk about what I love to talk about. You're amazing, Anne. Hello and thank you for joining me on this episode of What Do You Know For Sure podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can do that across social media by searching Anne Hughes Ignite. If I refer to my radio show and the podcast, you can catch those on my Mixcloud. Again, just searching Anne Hughes Ignite. And if you or anybody you know want to answer this question with me, please do get in touch. Just go onto my website, annehughesignite.co.uk and fill in the contact page at the bottom and I'll be delighted to have this conversation with you too. Thank you.